with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice Podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics, and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, in this season of hot topics, do you find yourself walking on eggshells with others regarding political, cultural, or racial views? Or perhaps you find yourself easily offended when others dominate the conversation. Listen in to this episode of The Notice, where we talk about the awkwardness, our communication styles, our feelings, and how we can take notice of God through opinions. Opinion. According to Webster's Dictionary, an opinion is a view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. Feelings. According to Webster's Dictionary, feelings are an emotional state or reaction. So tell me this, in today's culture, what's the difference? Friends, I don't know about you, but I am walking on eggshells. Conversations are becoming awkward. Even social media posts leave me wondering how I should respond if I should respond. I'm not sure anymore when it's helpful or hurtful to voice my viewpoint. We even have a family member who refuses to spend time with other members of the family because of different political views. It seems expressing our opinions has only birthed disconnection and defensiveness. You know, the funny thing is when I was growing up, I remember my mom's generation informing us about certain topics that you just didn't discuss. These would include money, sex, politics, or religion. Isn't it ironic that these are the very topics we're bringing up now and the ones that seem to divide? Which got me to thinking on the notice We define validation as acknowledgement of our experiences and affirmation as approval or celebration of our experiences. Sometimes I wonder, when expressing our opinions about any of these tough subjects, are we looking for others to approve or agree with us? And are we getting offended when they don't? Of course, we understand that avoiding conflict isn't the answer either. In our quest for authenticity and vulnerability, it's healthy to share. We need that for connection. Last time I checked, we live in a free country where we are given freedom of speech. But I wonder if this emotional sensitivity has more to do with how our opinions are delivered. Let's use a common statement. I love you. I can say, I love you. Or I can say, I love you, or I can say, I love you. In other words, I said the same exact thing, but I expressed it differently. One could try to speculate my intent from the different feelings behind the words, but do they really know? 
So what do others remember about what we say? Do they remember our actual opinions on the issues or just the feelings behind those words? Or maybe it's our communication style. Could that be keeping us from listening to what others are saying? Could it keep us from being heard? Friends, let's face it. We live in an image-based society. It's all about presentation. Don't tell me you haven't considered the lighting on your Zoom meetings or Photoshopped your pictures. The manner in which we communicate is part of that presentation. For example, when we look at our political candidates, are we more concerned with what they are saying or how they are saying it? You see, every person has a distinct communication style. Some appear more passive, some more aggressive. I know personally and professionally, between family members, colleagues, church groups, and my own self-awareness, I've noticed a variety of different communication styles. Let's see if you notice them too. I'm going to start with the aggressive styles. The prober. The prober is the person who asks questions. The prober comes across as an interrogator, so sometimes we'll get defensive in response. But ironically, provers believe they are just asking clarifying questions, or maybe they have a need to ask questions to give themselves time to prepare what they're going to say. Maybe they're just curious. The salesman. Okay, folks, you know who this is. It's the alpha in the room. This person is articulate, expressive, convincing, and charming. This person typically wants the last word and we give it to them because we feel like this person is dynamic because they can command a room. The challenger. The challenger is the person who enjoys the art of disagreement. Perhaps they argue for arguing's sake, not because they are passionate about their views, but because they like the debate and they like to win. Maybe they just want to be heard. The boss. The boss is the person who has a very authoritative communication style. This person gives us the impression of power, importance, and confidence. Although they may have some knowledge of a particular subject, friends, they don't know it all. But we're convinced they do, so we listen. The shocker. This is the person who likes to say things just to get you going. I have no idea how to analyze a shocker. So let's talk about some passive or passive-aggressive styles. The silencer. This is the person who doesn't respond to questions or initiate dialogue. Often, the silencer is friends with somebody who is an aggressive communicator. After all, a speaker needs an audience. The Switzerland. The Switzerland is the person who doesn't really agree with you, but in a quest to avoid conflict, doesn't say anything about it, leaving you to believe they actually agree with you. Friends, most of us like the Switzerland. The suggester. The suggester is subtlety at its finest. The suggester has trouble communicating what they feel, so they use suggestive language, hoping you'll pick up on what they're saying. Usually non-committal, they may be feeling us out before they offer their real opinions. The offender. Okay, folks, the offender is the person who is offended by aggressive communicators. 
They won't say anything about the offense at the time, but chances are they're going to tell other people behind their back what they really wanted to say. It doesn't really matter what the point the person was trying to make, just the way they were saying it. I don't know about you, but I've noticed these styles within myself and in others. I've watched friendships fade strictly because of the way things are said. It's no wonder we don't feel hurt. So how do we go about sharing our viewpoints without hurting someone's feelings? Do we even need to? Interestingly enough, Plato said, opinion is the medium between knowledge and ignorance. Leonardo da Vinci said, the greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. And Thomas Jefferson said, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics, in religion, in philosophy as cause for withdrawing from a friend. Scripture defines opinions this way. Proverbs 18.2 tells us, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Romans 14.1 says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions. James 1.19 tells us, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It seems as though God is saying we don't have to share our opinion, or at least if we do, be careful. So if someone offers a strong opinion and you inwardly disagree with it, Is it possible that you could just acknowledge the other person's opinion before expressing yours? You know, I don't think any of us want to talk over each other, roll our eyes, or attack each other verbally like we saw in the presidential debate. But if we are to talk about these deeper subjects, perhaps we need some new skills. So let's do some examples. Person A expresses a viewpoint. Person B reiterates it by saying, if I understand you correctly, you are saying dot, dot, dot. Once person A clarifies or says yes or no, then you can begin expressing yours. But if we disagree, couldn't we say something like, I disagree. Would you like to know why? Respect includes permission. Friends, God established each of us with free will. We all have a divine right to our viewpoints and to expressing them. Of course, there are limits, like physical harm, that have to be considered. However, if we are to live a life of mercy, we need to allow others to express their opinions, even if they're different from ours. Remember, we can acknowledge someone's opinion without agreeing. This is most effective when we reflect or radiate someone else's opinion back to them first. Once the person feels heard, we can then start to offer our opinions and we might want to start it with statements like this. As I see it, in my experience, according to my way of thinking, or my favorite, in my humble opinion. When we start with statements like that, we are setting a boundary of respect. We are defining their right and our right. Friends, this is huge. After acknowledgement, others are more receptive to hearing our opinions when we frame it as our opinion. 
and that we're not attacking theirs. Too often, we turn a conversation into one person being wrong and the other right. As I've often expressed to my husband, isn't it possible for us both to be right at the same time? Which brings me to the and. The and is a perspective offered immediately after someone expresses their opinion. The person offering the and doesn't have ill intentions. Mostly they just want to offer something else to consider regarding the subject. But often we don't feel like we've been heard because they haven't acknowledged us. I'll be honest with you, I'm so guilty of the and. When I hear someone's opinion, I typically have something to add about the subject. But if I don't stop to acknowledge the idea they offered and offer my idea quickly instead, it makes them feel unheard or that I'm making the subject about me. The best way I can offer my and is to say something like this. That's an interesting point. Can I add something to that? As I mentioned earlier, Respect includes permission. In closing, we really can't talk about opinions without considering whose opinion matters most. Galatians 1.10 tells us, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Hebrews 12.14 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 1 Kings 18.21 says, And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If it's Baal, then follow him. Perhaps this line between our opinions and our feelings is too narrow. Maybe we can listen more and express less. Jokan Phoenix once said, It's hard for me to put my feelings into words. So sometimes we struggle to express those feelings, or sometimes we even hide. But I wonder if our struggle could be self-imposed. Perhaps we think what we have to say is the most important. Perhaps we think our thoughts are the only ones worth hearing. Yet God says in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So, just what is it we need to express? Our thoughts or God's? Let's reconsider. Demanding approval or getting hurt because others don't see things the way we do isn't living a life of mercy. God's thoughts are not our thoughts, nor his ways our ways. So instead of offering our opinion, let's first acknowledge where others are coming from first, and then offer the gospel. Friends, that's the only opinion that matters. Thank you for listening to The Notice. 2020 has caused many of us to reconsider our priorities, and I'm excited about the adventures 2021 will bring. If you'd like to support The Notice, you can do that in a number of ways. First, please write a review on iTunes. 
This is the medium that reaches the most people. You might also consider giving a gift of support for the broadcast. You can visit my website at susankhoekstra.com and click on Give. As always, I appreciate your support. Next time on The Notice, join me in two weeks for our last episode of 2020. We'll talk about the season, review some highlights from the year, and talk about the future. I can't wait to share all the ways God notices us. Until next time, take notice. Oh